Praise the Lord. It's good to gather to the Word this morning. Today I want to speak on the subject, Three Trees in the Garden. Three Trees in the Garden. We're going back to the book of Genesis, as you can pick up, and we're going to look at the trees of the garden. Three trees in the garden. Genesis 2, 7 to 9. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now often, when preachers preach, like myself, we speak of two trees in the garden, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. But there were three trees in the garden, so to speak. There was the tree of life, there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and there was every tree that was pleasant to the sight and good for food. There was a vast amount of trees in the Garden of Eden, laden with fruit, good to the sight, pleasant for food. And what did God say in verse 16 of the same chapter? It says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. All the trees and the tree of life. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now the question is, with all the goodness of God in the garden, with all the multitude of fruit trees that man could partake of. Why did man, why did Adam and Eve go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the sinful realm, the realm of independence from God? Why did they choose that tree with all the other abundance? And the question is still today, why does man Go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the sensual realm, the worldly realm, the fallen realm. And there's only one answer. Because there is a taste for that tree in human nature. There is a taste for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It has an appeal to the sensual realm. It has an appeal to the lower human nature of our lives. Now the Lord said, and as we look at these trees, how beautiful the trees of the garden were, but there was this one tree. And the Lord said, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. But the serpent said, Genesis 3, 4, the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. You will not die if you eat of that tree. Try it and see. Now if this tree of the knowledge of good and evil was so good, why would it produce death? It's the sensual realm. It's the carnal realm. It's the fallen realm. It's the, the realm of our sinfulness. It's the realm of our independence from God. 
You'd think this tree, if it was a tree of good and evil, that it would produce life and death. That there'd be a mixture of life and death in it. But God says, no, there's only death. If I partake of a forbidden tree, that realm of life that God has forbidden to us, he said, no, it's a death realm, the, death, the realm of sin, the realm of the flesh, the realm of carnality, the realm of worldliness. If I eat of that tree, well, wouldn't it produce a little good and a little evil? A little life and a little death, but no, it only produces death. And the truth is, if that tree of the knowledge of good and evil only produced evil, no one would eat of it. No one would eat of it. But it comes as good and evil. It's a realm without God. It's a realm of carnality. It's a realm of the flesh. It's a realm where the pleasures of sin are there, but they're only there for a season. Only for a season. This morning... There are two kinds of sight. There is the eye of the flesh and there is the eye of the spirit. There are, only, there are two desires in man. The desire of the flesh and the desire of the spirit. And the Bible says, Galatians 6, 8, He that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. All of us have two sights, two possibilities of sight, two possibilities of desire. And so we must understand what the Lord is saying in this passage as he presents this at the beginning of the Bible for the realm of mankind. The trees of the garden it's interesting when you compare Genesis 2 and we're going to compare Genesis 3. But God said all the trees of the garden, including the tree of life, are pleasant to the sight and good for food. That is a spiritual quality. That eye is to go to the heavenly, the spiritual, the good things of God. And then it says the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in Genesis 3.6. It says that when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes. The trees of good were pleasant to the eyes, good for food. The tree of the knowledge, but now not in a spiritual realm, in the fleshly realm. Good to the eyes, ple pleasant to the sight, good for food. Two realms. The eye of the flesh, the eye of the spirit. The desire of the flesh, the desire of the spirit. But notice what is added to this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It says it was a tree desirable to make one wise. So Eve took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. A tree desired to make one wise so that a man could live without God so that a person could live apart from God. I'll be wise in myself. I won't need God. I can live apart from God. I can live my own independent life in this world, and there will be pleasantness, there will be goodness, but God says in the day you eat of it, you will die. Now, I mean, let's, let's face it this morning. God takes a lot of time and a lot of work. 
If I could get God out of my schedule and still live a great life in this world, my, how much time I would have to myself. God takes a lot of time. He takes a lot of effort. Prayer and worship. Walking with God as Adam and Eve were responsible to do in the cool of the day. Two times it's cool, morning and evening. Adam and Eve had to take time in the morning and evening to walk with God. They couldn't just hurry about their day, hurry about their night. They were in relationship with God. Discipleship. Studying the Word of God. Church attendance. Being in the house of God. God takes a lot of time and a lot of effort from us. We can't just sleep in Sunday mornings like everybody else in town. If I could just get God out of my schedule, my, how much time I would have for myself. A tree desired to make one wise. If I can get some wisdom in this life without God, then I can run my own life. I'll have enough wisdom to handle myself, to do what I want, and I'll be able to prosper in this world without God. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 7 to 8, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. That is, worship the Lord. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Pride of man, independent of God. Fear the Lord, worship the Lord, and depart from evil. It will be health. The Hebrew says, medicine to your flesh. Jehovah Rophe, the Lord our healer. It will be medicine to your flesh and strength. The Hebrew says, watering or moistening to your bones so your bones stay young and alive. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Seek the Lord, serve the Lord. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 17 says, Do not love the world. That is worldliness. Do not love the world setting its agenda and its pleasure and its operation apart from the will and word of God. Do not love worldliness. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the body, the lust of the eyes, the soul, and the pride of life, the spirit, man setting his own spiritual direction apart from God. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world is passing away and the lust or the desires of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. He who does the will of God abides forever. Tree of life, we partake of everlasting life. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. What are we going to eat? What are we going to eat in this life? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We partake of the trees in the garden and the tree of life, or we partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we partake of the spiritual realm 
or the carnal realm. And that's in our power. The Bible also says in Proverbs that wisdom, the wisdom of God, is a tree of life. A tree of life. And happy are those that eat of it, that partake of that tree of God, that tree of life. Happy are they that eat of it. So we have these two realms very clearly before us in this world. And the Bible says we are of God and the whole world lies in the power, in the grip of the evil one. For us it is to partake of certain trees. But if we go to the other tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the flesh realm, the Bible says in that day you will surely die. And there's death that sets into those that eat thereof. And in the ultimate end there is eternal and final death from the presence of God. We must reject the temptation. We must resist the temptation to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the sinful realm, the carnal realm with all its sensuality and worldliness and immorality and independence from God. We must resist it. That tree of the knowledge of good and evil is paraded before man every day. It's spotlighted in this world. It's lifted high by the enemy. He says, if you eat of that tree, you will not surely die. He goes directly against the word of God who says, in the day you eat of it, you will die. The enemy is that bold as an affront to the Lord. And he's that slippery. He's a serpent. He comes wildly. He doesn't come straight on. He comes with deception. And he makes the fruit look so good of this world. And people eat of it and they die. And they go on even to a Christless eternity because they're walking in the pride of life in their own way. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It must be resisted. I mean, you listen to the world today. How do they advertise? What they advertise is far different than the result a person gets. Winner's zone. Pleasure island. Fun and laughter. And yet the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 13, even in laughter there is sorrow. And the end of that mirth is heaviness. Even in laughter there is sorrow. And the end of that way of life is heaviness. The world is not nearly as merry. The laughter of the world is not nearly as merry as they try and portray it or sell it out or would cause us to believe. There's heaviness in it. There's sorrow in it. And the Bible says for us, he that is of a merry heart has a continual feast. A merry heart is the joy of the Lord. A merry heart is the joy of the Lord. God has anointed us, the Bible says, because we hate iniquity and we love righteousness because we love the ways of the Lord the Bible says we have been anointed with the oil of gladness a merry heart is belongs to those who know the Lord now this morning there are two trees that we need to partake of three trees in the garden leave the sin realm leave the carnal realm leave the flesh realm leave the world realm to itself it'll produce nothing but death but there are two trees that we are to partake of and one is the tree of life which is god himself jesus himself our union with christ through surrender unto him 
What a tree we partake of. It's the tree of life, and it's an eternal tree, for it will be in the paradise of God in the new heavens and the new earth. We partake of the living God himself. Psalm 34. Psalm 34. And verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Eat of that tree. Eat of the tree of life. Eat of the presence of the Lord. Eat of the counsel of the Lord. Song of Solomon 2, 3. What a beautiful verse. It says, like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down in his shade with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Like the apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is our beloved, so is Christ. As an apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is Christ to us. And we come under his shadow, we come under the covering of his branches and who he is. And what happens? We find delight in him. We find our fruit in him. His fruit was sweet to my taste. This is a glorious picture of the bride of Christ, of the believer. Under the presence of Jesus Christ, under the canopy of him, the branches, the leaves, the fruit that we partake of in the living Christ. And how that out from him grow the branches of his promises, his glorious promises, his glorious thoughts, his glorious vision for our life. And there we are under the shadow of his wings. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. There are many trees in the garden. There are many enjoyable things that God has given to us in this life, but there is no greater joy than God himself and our union with him. 1 Peter 2, verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Desire the word of God that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. How many have tasted that the Lord is gracious? How many know what it is to sit under his tree of life and partake of his beauty, of his shade, of his abundance? It's the most glorious relationship. It's the highest level of life that we can live in this world. And oh, how it will be in its fullness in eternity. We've tasted that the Lord is gracious. Therefore, we desire the presence of God. We desire his word. God says the tree of life, you can eat of the fruit of this continually. There's no restriction on this tree. There's no restriction. Against such there is no law. You come and abide in my presence as much as you want, and you take all of me that you want, because I'm free to give it. I'm gracious. It's a free gift of God. And then we have Revelation 2, 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to all the churches, including this one today. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches, to him who overcomes, to the conquering one. I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. We are eating of that tree now. Jesus, eternal life, heavenly life, spiritual life. That is the tree of life. We are partaking of that tree right now. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the love of God. We partake of that tree now. 
but one day we will partake more fully in the consummation, in the ultimate paradise, the new heavens and the new earth. But we're the conquering ones, and we are to eat. So in first order this morning, we need to partake of the tree of life. That is God himself, union with him, deep, satisfying, intimate counsel of the Lord. And number two today, the Lord has said that we can eat of every tree of the garden. Every tree of the garden. How beautiful is this? The tree of life, God himself, the wood of the cross, all the glories of Christ, his divine nature, his abundant goodness, his promises, his truth, his good fruit, fruit of the Spirit. We partake of the life of God. But God says, I also have other trees. And you can eat of every tree of the garden. An abundance of trees. An orchard of delight. Peach trees and apple trees and cherry trees and plum trees. And on it goes. God says, I want you to freely eat of these trees. Freely eat. These are the gift of God. The best things in life are free because they're the gift of God. God says, I give them to you. I want you to freely eat of them. The Apostle Paul said, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? What a delight. What a delight. All the fruit, all the trees we can eat of in this world. God says they're right. They're good. They're pleasant to the sight and they're good for food. You can eat of them. And what gifts of God they are. Think of the best gifts of God in life. The best trees that God can give. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God. Which Hebrews says, we have tasted the good word of God, the promises of God. What a delight to partake of that. Hallelujah. The communion of the saints, being in fellowship with the body of Christ and walking together. What about the many trees of the garden that God says? The sunshine, the sunrise and sunset, the silvery light of the moon, the countless stars of heaven, the blessings of the earth, the gentle breeze, the soil, the growth, the plants and flowers that grow out of the earth. Blessing of the Lord upon our lives, the love of a family, the face of a child. So many things God has freely given to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And God has given so many trees to eat of. And he says there's right. There's no disobedience in them. There's no forbiddance in them. So many wonderful trees like wholesome recreation and wholesome activities. Wholesome programming. Hobbies and interests that you could never exhaust in a lifetime. These are gifts of God. These are free gifts of God for us to partake of. And God says, I, I want you to enjoy the fruit. I want you to enjoy the fruit. 
Genesis 2.9, out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. There is so much good of God to eat in this world. There are so many trees, so many wholesome and proper and righteous trees. Why would anyone want to go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Except that there's a pull of the flesh. But God says, in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. God has an abundance for us. God wants us to eat and enjoy life. I have a couple scriptures, one out of Joshua 1 and verse 15. When God gave them the land of Canaan, the Lord said to Joshua, until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them, then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it. One time a few years ago, I finally saw those two words, enjoy it, and I underlined them in my Bible. Because Canaan land, as we know, this life we're living, it has many giants, and it has many enemies and nations that are against us, and we have to work the ground, and we have to produce in the inheritance of the Lord in order to enjoy it. God has given us a Canaan land of delight. He's given us a land flowing with milk and honey. He says, yes, you'll have giants, it's the land of the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites, but it's also a land that I want you to enjoy. I want you to find enjoyment in the midst of your warfare, in the midst of your labor, in the midst of your conquest against principalities and powers, against opposition. God says, I want you to enjoy the land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And Micah chapter 4 and verse 4 says, But every one shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree in the blessing of the Lord. It says there's a place for God's people. Everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig. The vine speaks of joy. The fig speaks of sweetness. Joy and sweetness. Everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken." The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat and eat of the tree of life, God himself, and you will find life, more life, abundant life, fullness of the life of God. Isaiah 65, 13 to 14. Therefore, thus says the Lord, God, behold, my servants shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servants shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servants shall rejoice, but you shall be ashamed. Behold, my servants shall sing for joy of heart, but you shall cry for sorrow of heart and wail for grief of spirit. Let's have the worship team come. Those that follow the Lord and those that do not, the separation is clear and the Lord says, my servants will eat while others go hungry. My servants will drink while others go thirsty. My servants shall rejoice and others will be ashamed. My servants shall sing for joy of heart while others cry for sorrow of heart and wail for grief of spirit. Three trees in the garden today. 
tree of life, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and every tree of the garden. And I pray that every one of us will have our eyes opened to understand in ourselves the two realms we can walk in today. The eye of the flesh, the eye of the spirit. The desire of the flesh, the desire of the spirit. And that God has freely given us the trees of the garden to eat and to live with him as the tree of life. Hallelujah today. Hallelujah today. Let's stand together this morning. Partaking of the tree of life. If you know people that partake of the forbidden tree, maybe in your circle of friends, maybe in your family, maybe your spouse, partaking of the tree of life. Don't do what Adam did in Genesis chapter 3. Eve partook of the forbidden fruit and Adam stooped down to her level. He put his wife before the Lord. He put his family before the Lord. And it can go the other direction too. It can be that a woman puts her husband before the Lord and puts her family before the Lord. And we know what happened because of that choice. Ruin came to the entire family, the entire human family. Let's do what Jesus did. The last Adam. He saw our ruin. He saw our mistake. He saw our foolishness. He saw our sinful fallen condition. But he did not come down to our level. He stayed true to the Father. He stayed true to righteousness and holiness. He stayed true to the commitments of God on his life. And because of it, and only because of it, he was able to lift us out of our ruin and our fallen condition. And if we will serve the Lord with all our heart and eat of the right trees, we also will be able to lift others and have them rise in the power of the living God to live the Jesus life with us. Amen. Let's worship the Lord this morning. The altars are open this morning. The choice is clear for all of us. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, come. Repent of your sins. Fall before him. Say, Jesus, I make you my Savior and my Lord. I'm coming to eat of the tree of life because I want to live forever in heaven. I want to live forever in the paradise of God. If you need prayer for any other need this morning or you're struggling in your own spiritual life, the war of the flesh and the war of the spirit, the Bible says, will be always upon us. The flesh wars against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. We must resist the flesh. We must resist the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because it only produces death. And we must put the sword across our heart crucify ourselves. Say, Jesus, I am always going to choose you and live unto you. The altars are open for any who have needs or want to consecrate themselves to the Lord this morning. Let's close out in worship today.